0: Welcome to the Free Sermon Podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's Monday, and we are posting an instant classic for your inspiration. This message may come from anywhere around the globe, but is sure to stay with you for years to come. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, Please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Thank you. Hallelujah.
1: Praise God. Uh, let's open our Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 9. As you're opening it, it all happened up on September 7th in 2010. There was a flight. Uh, in Russia that took off from some far Siberian city on its way to Moscow over over a vast uh, uh, a Vast forest all on board systems suddenly uh, Failed three and a half hours into the flight at 10,000 meters height the airliner suddenly became silent and pitch black inside An emergency uh, landing was in order but as they were looking around there was no airports in 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 anywhere nearby there was nothing but pine forest for thousands uh, for hundreds of miles all around them There was no way to head for the nearest airport because there was not any way to know where it was the systems all failed never fly Russian Airlines (laughs) no no we're getting better Uh, The pilots nonetheless decided to land anyway. To make matters worse, the sky was shrouded in clouds and suddenly a ray of light broke through the murky fog. The pilots were staring diligently at the ground in an effort to discern uh, a more or less flat piece of land when out of nowhere a runway appeared. Later on the pilots were uh, recalling this and they said at first we thought we were hallucinating. A runway in the forest. Are you kidding? They landed the plane on that runway thanks to a glass of water that they placed on the dashboard to use in this improvised clinometer, you know, that instrument uh, for measuring angles of tilt of an object uh, with respect to gravity. They put that, that just uh, uh, a glass of water and with, uh, you know, looking at it, they, tr- they, they tried to land and they landed the plane successfully. The passengers to the last had no idea their lives had been hanging by thread. They only realized something was going uh, wrong when they saw the plane's wings chopping off treetops after it overshot the runway. Because the runway was too short, it was only 1400 meters. Instead of needed 2,000 meters, fortunately, the pilots managed to land the aircraft and none of the 80 passengers aboard was even hurt, even slightly hurt. the the heroic crew was featured in newspaper headlines all over Russia was a documentary made about them Russia's president received the pilots awarded them with the country's highest honor the hero of Russia distinction all as expected therefore there there was however one more hero to this story without whom this would not be uh, uh, there would be no happy ending his name is Sergei Sotnikov. Sergei's are always very, very good guys. And, 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 you know, uh, Who is this guy, Sergei Sotnikov? Sotnikov it was the guy that spent a full 20 years voluntarily uh, maintaining uh, the runway that received that ill-fated uh, flight. Uh, he was working there for 20 years. And once upon a time, that airport was a real airport where flights took off from every day, and they were headed throughout the Russian north. But Russia, when they switched to the economy, a market-based economy, flying became too expensive, everything crumbled in the 90s. And uh, that small airport used to employ 130 people at one time, but today Sergei is the only guy left. He is employed part-time for a couple of months a year in the summertime where, er, when airport is used as a helipad. In such conditions, any runway would normally have been overgrown and uh, would have uh, become part of the surrounding forest. But Sergei didn't let this happen. He decided to clear the strip regularly. He kept the locals from using it as a stockpile firewood or firewood or stealing the concrete, uh, uh, you know, the cement um, uh, panels. And they asked him, "Why would you do this?" You are not getting paid. You're only working there. You're hired only a couple of months a year. Why would you keep this runway clean? He said, at first I believed that local aviation would recover, bringing back some normality to people's lives in the neighboring communities. Afterwards, when this hope died out, he says he kept maintaining the runway for himself, so that it would remain in order. As a result, he helped to save 80 lives. I want to show you some pictures here, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna sh- just to give you an idea of what has transpired uh, in our story. This is the plane that this is the way uh, he ended up. The plane ended up uh, off the runway. Please show another one. Yes, yeah, so here it is. It's already been. Uh, you know, Russians. You know what they did? They 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 fixed the plane. They built an extra runway, and this plane took off several months later, and he's still, this plane is still flying. Anyway, the next picture. I know it, I know, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. The next one, yes. And, and here, is, uh, here is the man. Look at the, look at the, you know, the sophisticated, uh, 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 you know, instruments. Uh, yeah, this is high tech, man. This is, this is 21st century. This is the guy. This is a, an ordinary Russian man, Sergei Sotnikov, in the middle of nowhere. You won't find that place on a map, but he, sa- he helped to save 80 lives. Just keep it up for a while up there. When I read this, I had my moment of pride for my people and for my country, because unfortunately, these moments are very rare. <laughs> very rare. Men are, especially men, uh, are degrading, drinking alcohol and being unfaithful, irresponsible and lazy. You know, the life expectancy, the span of life of a male, of a male in Russia is 64. I have only, I don't, I don't have a lot. Uh, <laughs> 23 years and this is it, man. <laughs> We're all tired of the type of heroes that TV and other mass media has been shoving down our throats, Right? like all those thieves thugs and celebrities with questionable talents and people love having a real hero i want to read uh, and i want to preach a sermon about a man that kept the runway from ecclesiastes 9 and uh, let's read uh, if you open that text verse 13 starting with verse 13 and i believe god will speak to our hearts this morning this wisdom i have seen under i've also seen under the sun And it seemed great to me. There was a little city with few men in it. And a great king came against it, besieged it, and built great snares around it. Now there was found in it a poor wise man. And he, by his wisdom, delivered the city. Yet no one remembered the same poor man. Then I said, wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are not heard I want to first preach about insignificance of the unknown hero here is our text here's the man that saves the city so much like the man in my story is my opening illustration and Bible says about this man yet no one remembered the same poor man see the world that we live in is running by celebrity mentality small people are not important in this world And celebrities are narcissistic people that are worshipping themselves. Talents, good looks, sheer luck and self absorbance these things worshipped by this world, desire to be famous instead of righteous, just faithful. And our theme of this conference is faithful. Who cares about a small man this morning? About a poor wise man? Who cares about a small city? Who cares this morning about those people in that city? As I'm looking at the history of of our fellowship, I'm looking at places where, you know, the great moves of God started. And many of them, if you think of Prescott, it's a small city that God had a great plan for. And Vologda, you know, the missionary from Canada, Glenn Rupton, that was initially announced out of the McMinnville conference, of Kevin Foley's conference. He was going to a totally different city, bigger city. And uh, as he landed in Moscow, it was an Australian missionary that started speaking to him about a small city that was near, to, near Moscow. And he made, they, they prayed about it, and the decision was made. And this man, the Glenn Ruptian, went into my city, and I was unsaved. Uh, I was destined to hell, but God saved my life and changed my life. Because someone loves small cities this morning. It was a little city. Bible says in our text, with few men in it. Let me stretch it. Why there was a few men only? Because in this uh, world, in this generation, we are lacking real men. There were just a few men in it, lack of leaders. There is a lack of people that would take responsibility for revival on their own shoulders little city could not only mean smallness of size this morning but it's incomparable inability to stand against this great king and this vicious army the man in our text is a perfect description of a pioneering pastor can you say amen three things that describe this man his insignificance have you ever struggled with uh, uh, your own sense of insignificance When you go out and pioneer your church you know or even in in just in general in life have you ever struggled with a sense of insignificance or you know i I remember the times when i was in school and they organized some kind of an orchestra or some kind of a choir and because i lacked all the music talents they gave me uh, a triangle (laughs) i hated it with passion All of my all of my peers, all of the classmates, the boys were laughing at me because I was staying there as an idiot. You know, and and, and the beautiful music is being played, and you have this little thing in your hands, and and the only one time in the whole you know piece, you just go bing, and that's it, man. And the choir director would stop and say, Bath! And I'm, I was always the one I was doing it wrong. My mind was, my mind is elsewhere. You know, you can't. I mean, how can you do this? You can't be concentrated for the whole thinking time. You know, to wait for the right moment. I, I'm, I'm dreaming. You know, I'm. St- Conduvef, how many times do I have to tell you? Oh, the sense of insignificance. there's a man in this story no one knows about his existence he's fired no one needs his service anymore no one cares and he looks at this runway he's not paid and he says he could have said to himself why bother like many others in this world why bother and he decides to keep watching this runway anyway making it his own he was unknown in our text no man given no name given And I believe this is very important. If you're out there sitting in this congregation, you are fighting with a sense of insignificance. Can I tell you something? The key to formation of a real man of God is a state of obscurity. Many people would not mind to shine in the limelight, but what happens to a man in the obscurity of life determines his future. Here's David, you know, he is in the fields and mountains of Israel. No one knows about this boy, but the best songs were written in those deserts. The best battles were won in that desert. The best things were formed in his character. He knew his God because of that place of insignificance and obscurity. We can talk about his poverty this morning. You know, mega churches, they always start with a bang our efforts seem to be so futile sometimes and so small we go out here you know a husband and wife small little kids you know i was 19 when i went out my wife was 17 we thought we were serious i don't know how people looked at us (laughs) we saw ourselves so inadequate i saw myself so inadequate but listen god loves broken things i believe that the spirit realm, being poor in the spirit is very essential because you depend on God more. You learn to depend on God more than on your money. When I started my first church, it was the hardest. But when I look back, it was the best memories. We were dirt poor back then. We didn't buy any meat for, for over a year. And I tell this story, and this is true. I'm not exaggerating. We could not afford, afford any meat, even sausages. That's not meat. And I remember, I remember staring in the store, I'm, you know, at the sausage place, and looking around, The the, the, you know, the personnel was uh, elsewhere, and uh, this was left unattended, and I was, I really was, was fighting, In inside of me there was this voice, you know, just, just uh, go over and grab it. And then I said, no, I'm a pastor, wait a minute, I can't do this. We can talk about the wisdom of this poor unknown man you know solomon puts wisdom of this man against strength he says wisdom is better than strength you know it's the people that have to survive they come up with the best solutions it's not the people that have everything in the world, the money, the, uh, you know, uh, the support, the best equipment. People say, if I had that best equipment, if I had that support, if I was from that mother church, I would probably be, do better. No, listen to me. The real revival comes out of a man that has, uh, could, has to rely upon his God and his wisdom. And that's why Solomon says wisdom is better than strength. You know, some men go out and they, what everything they do is they use sheer strength. You know, they think they're mighty. They, and instead of using wisdom, here's Proverbs 22, 20, uh, 21, 22. A wise man attacks the city of the mighty and pulls down the stronghold in which they trust. See, a wise man, not the strongest man. But the wise man finds a way. Every city is unique. Every situation is unique. What works in one place will not work in the other place. And it's a perfect picture of wisdom versus strength. You know, book of Ecclesiastes is filled with this. Ecclesiastes 10.10. 10. If the axe is dull and one does not sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength. Are you... Are you pioneering are you posturing out there maybe you're uh, you're looking for a breakthrough you have a, a church of 100 200 people and every time we need a breakthrough in our church on every level on the next level of growth we need to understand you got to sharpen your axe don't use what worked before not necessarily will bring you to a next level And if the axe is dull, if you are stupid, you will be banging against that tree, banging and banging, using more strengths and more strengths. And maybe, can I submit to you, maybe you're here in this place, you're tired, man. You're tired, you're exhausted. And you're saying to yourself, nothing works in my city. A stupid question, does God love your city? Does he want to save your city? Is there sinners in your city? right now listen to me right now in London there's tens of thousands of people that are open to the gospel of Jesus Christ they are right now at this very moment are open to the gospel of Jesus Christ they're crying out for some answers in their life how to find them is another key you 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 sharpen your axe you pray to God, you ask God, God, give me an wisdom, give me an understanding. Not use just the sheer strength. Don't just use whatever worked, whatever you, you, were, you learned. And, um, and because this guy is doing this, that guy is doing it. And I, I'm not against, you know, I'm not against learning and taking, you know, ideas from others. But we have to sharpen our acts. Let's talk secondly about the potential in one man here is the man that has a tremendous faithfulness in my opening illustration I talked about Sergei Sotnikov that took upon himself the responsibility to keep the runway not paid not appreciated unknown forgotten but he decides to keep that at first because he thought maybe the aviation of Russia will revive but then when all hope died he decided to keep it just for himself as his own words you know, this, exa- this is exactly what makes a man of God great. Is, is the theme of our conference to- this morning. Faithfulness. Faithfulness to the cause. Moreover, says 1 Corinthians 4, it is required in s- stewards that one be found faithful. Listen, what would happen if you were in that plane? Or your daughter, your son, your mom, your your dad your brother your sister does it hit home now you know when i preached this some time ago i showed a video footage it was a, it was a little video clip um uh, of a, a happy happy hus- husband and happy father he's filming he's uh, you know those slides when you know unfolding slides to evacuate from the plane he's uh gone down first that's a russian man that's what we do we go down first <laughs> and, and but no he's he's filming you know he's gone down first he's, he's took his little uh, his little uh, um, uh, 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 phone and he's filming with his camera and his wife is is uh, going down first they send a little daughter he hugs her you know gives her a few kisses and then his wife is coming down and all these 80 people are saved because of one man you know, the pilots, obviously, they are the, uh, the heroes. And I can compare the pilots with the pastors right now. Can I speak to the church for just a second? You know, we pastors, we got to know our job. We, kn- we got to land the plane. When the crisis comes, uh, we got to react properly. I so appreciate Pastor Success's sermon this morning. When the crisis comes, we have to. We cannot panic. We cannot cry and run to the toilet, right? We have to stay in the cabin. And we got to do our job well, but listen, we cannot do our job well without the people in the churches. Your faithfulness will make the difference. You are the ones that day in and day out keep the runway clean, keep the church functioning. And this helps to save people's lives. And Paul knew this, and Jesus needed those men. And Paul needed, he says in 2 Timothy, get Mark and bring him with you, for he's useful. I need him in my ministry. Paul is saying, I need him, I need Mark. Come before winter, he tells to another man. You know, Philemon 11, who once was unprofitable to you. We're talking about Anissimus right now. Unprofitable to you, but now he's profitable to you and to me will you make a decision this morning to keep the runway Luke 16 12 and if you have not been faithful and what is another man's who will give you what is in your your own the question this morning is does anyone need you this this morning come on does anyone need me do you play a part have you made yourself indispensable in your church to this fellowship have you anchored yourself? Have you given yourself to some part of the ministry that helps the church, that helps the runway clean? Can your faithfulness, can your involvement, whatever you are doing right now for the kingdom save someone's life for crushing, from crushing down? That's the question this morning. I believe also we need to think and we need to, let me change gears. We need to think about and, and, and we need to develop a kingdom mentality. This man in our text, being poor and insignificant, rose up and spoke up. I just can see with my mind's eye. Here is the situation: a little city. They gathered few men, uh, all those prominent men. They're coming. They're trying to come up with a solution, but there is no solution because the army is too big and we are too small. And they are depressed. And a small poor man is overhearing this uh, uh, meeting. He is clearing his throat and saying before the assembly of the noble and significant and important. uh, He says, "I, I, I think I have a plan. This is not in my notes, but pastor, we need to, uh, we need to provide an opportunity for, some pe- for people in our church to be able to speak into, uh, 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 to us about their ideas and uh, uh, help them and create such an atmosphere where they can develop their initiative. Only in the noble and significant and important are surrounding pastor, the pastor, and the poor wise man can never can can never speak a word out how do we develop kingdom mentality first of all you have to raise up the kingdom mentality is a mentality I don't care if I'm poor insignificant uneducated and my IQ is below 100 points I have the mentality that I can save this city it's a mentality of ownership of the whole city You know, Jesus here sees what he says to his disciples in Luke 10, 9. And heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. This is the kingdom mentality that Jesus is placing in their lips. He says, when you come, you look at the city, and you say, the kingdom of God has finally arrived. This is the mentality of ownership of the whole city. And you know, in our text, despite his insignificance, he attempts to do something. He attempts to rise up. He attempts to say to himself, this is not their job, this is my job. You know, Shammah of old in the Bible. You know he's running away from the philistines and he is running through the field of lentils and lentils is the cheapest grain the cheapest it they feed it to the to the animal there's nothing there's not this piece of land worth nothing and he's running through the field of lentils as the bible tells us and all of a sudden he stops dead in his tracks he says he looks at the at the lentils he looks at, at the piece of his land and he says wait a minute this is my land this is my city these are my people and I love them and that alone that decision alone has transformed his personality he is turning back to face the enemy and God wrought a tremendous victory I remember just a few years ago Pastor Mitchell a couple conferences ago preached a powerful sermon in Prescott loving your city oh how we need to love our city and how, how, many, how many pastors will agree with me? We hated our cities in the past. The times of hatred is over. Protect your field of lentils. This kind make any country great, make any church great. It matters not what you think of yourself, how others branded you. You can still save the city or the nation or the world there is a potential in every one of us here in this place every one of us do you believe that no 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 do do you really believe that do you really believe this men and women out there that there is a potential in every one of us to save a city a nation and the world you got to develop a kingdom mentality but also you got to have a plan you got to engage your mind You can't just rise up when all of the eyes are fastened on you you have to have a plan you have to know what you're doing you have to think things through the miracles are the ones that are planned You have to come up with a plan ahead of time, believing that God would help you through. Here's Joseph, a powerful picture of Joseph. Here he is in the the jail. And the Bible says that he is propelled to the role of prime minister because he had his mind intensely engaged. He is only required to interpret the dream. You know the story, right? He is brought before the king to interpret the dream. He interprets the dream, but he doesn't only stand aside but he speaks up and he says i think i know what needs to be done and he presents a plan and he explains his dream and that plan is so good that king says listen there's no one smarter than you are can you take in charge of this you got to have a plan and we think of joseph here's here he is in the jail and jail really happens to people right it rubs on people people become you know they come out of jail but jail never comes out of them And with that mentality, you know, he could have been like a thug coming out, uh, you know, with a foul attitude. What do you want, you know? I mean, at least Russian um, um, uh, prisoners are like that. But he had his mind engaged and he had a plan after he explained his dream. Nehemiah had a detailed plan laid out as soon as king asked him. When he was asked by the king, what do you want from me? But The Bible says he prayed and then he presents this wonderful, have you ever read this? A detailed plan to save um, uh, the Jerusalem. Abraham's mind is engaged when the Lord uh, went for a walk with him uh, to the plain of Sodom. You know, here he's uh, Abraham, Lord. What if there is 50, 45, 40, 30, 20, 10? His mind is engaged. He's thinking things through. And if you, have, if you want to be used by God, you got to have a plan. Not just stride in life, not just, you know, whatever happens, your mind is engaged. I want to be a pastor one day. Oh, really? That's that's exciting. What are you doing for this? I want to have revival. What are you doing for this? What is your plan? Is your mind engaged? What are you doing to Are you trying something? Are you thinking things through? Are you searching in prayer? Are you asking the leaders, your pastor, leaders that come through? Are you engaging your mind? A lot of people want to have revival. Why can't we all have revival? Because we want to have revival. No, you you can have revival if only you want to have revival. I'm going to close. And my third point this morning is looking for a man. God is looking for men. Do you know that? There was a Greek philosopher. He was a crazy guy. Diogenes, his name was. And uh, he was very notorious for his uh, uh, stunts, philosophical stunts. He did all kinds of crazy things. And uh, he was crazy. One thing I like about this guy, though, that he, was, uh, he used to carry a lamp in the daytime. And it was a, a lit-up lamp and he was carrying it in the daytime and and what we, he would do in his in his in his stunts he would he would come up close to a man's face uh, look up look at him with the help of the lamp and say uh, and go to another one <laughs> and when they were asked him what he was doing he would answer i'm just looking for an honest man his point was there is none He was pretty depressed. Should have gotten saved. But But Diogenes looked for a human being, but reputedly found nothing but rascals and scoundrels. And in our day of rampant unfaithfulness, there is God's lamp shining. The lamp of the Holy Spirit is shining right now upon your heart. And God is asking us, will you be that man? Not in the limelight, not appreciated, not paid, not nothing significant about you. Just doing what you need to do. There's a guy in my church. He, uh, he was already, you know, working a job and having a, a family. And he comes to me, approaches me, and he says, Pastor, I just wanted you to know my schedule will be a little tighter because I entered a university. I said, a university? Why would you want to enter a university? He says, uh, It's the uh, uh, construction and architecture department. I said, why would you want to do this? He says, because I believe that one day we will be building a church building. And guess what was his diploma about? His final exam. He was presenting a building that our church was going to build. Five years later, after five long years of studying excruciating study long time ago graduated from high school forgot everything five years later here he was he was overseeing our construction site he was building a church building we have a a new church building uh, a sanctuary that will seat uh, uh, 750 well you have to jam them in with 750 but still it's a it's a great building uh that we can have and he was the one he's insignificant real if you look at him he's real tiny uh, he's, uh, he's not tiny anymore is God has enlarged him a little bit but his his you know is 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 short you know totally if you look at him you if you're looking for any any stars appearance you know oh the image you know you would you would pass look past him easily and here's the man that said to himself, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to faithfully submit myself to this excruciating study because I want to build a church building. The question that I have this morning to you, do you understand that the next great evangelist or a pastor or a missionary could be drunk somewhere right now, going down for a crash? overdose laying somewhere beating his wife who knows what struggling to breathe do realize that we need men like sergey in my story that will say to themselves i will keep this it's not mine but i will keep this for myself the challenge this morning is to become faithful in light of what i preached last night about jesus coming back soon can we be more faithful can we, can we be extremely faithful? Can we be so faithful that the, the pastor will have to come to us and tell us, You need to take it easy. <laughs> hey, that's, that's a noble idea. Imagine a pastor coming to a disciple. Listen, you are working yourself to death. You need to take it easy. I'm worried about your health. You're working so much for the church. You are a witnessing machine. Your, your, but but listen, you got to take care of your family. You got to, you know, here, this is the revival. When you go into any church that experiences a growth, you will find those kind of people. No doubt about it, you will find people. The the church that has no revival, it disperses five minutes after the church service is done, everybody's gone home. Where is everybody? A rapture took place. I said my last amen of my last prayer. I lifted up and nobody's there. When you have revival, you have men, you have people staying in the church, talking to the new converts. You have people that say, This is my church. This is my own place. This is better than home. I made this place my home. A pastor out there. What is your attitude towards your ministry? It's not working out. Well, Sergei Sotnikov never saw any planes for 13 years landing on that strip of runway. Not one plane for 13 long years. Not one stinking revival for 13 years. Not one soul saved for 13 years. I'm going to keep it as clean. I'm going to have all my PA system ready. All my flyers. All my chairs. I'm going to pray like it's going to happen 13 years later. Still the same attitude. Listen to me. This is called faithfulness. And the call this morning is to become like that man in our text. And maybe one day, and I believe not maybe, but I believe with all my heart. There is, you will see in the air, you will look up, and you will see a plane coming into your church with 80 souls and you're going to save every one of them let's bow our heads and close our eyes
0: thanks again for listening to the free version of the vbph sermon podcast where we post sermons on mondays wednesdays fridays